1514 is a resource of the Biblical Counseling Coalition that is made possible in part by donations from listeners like you. Will you help us to continue this wonderful ministry by logging on and giving a special donation or becoming a monthly donor? You can do so by going to our website, biblicalcc.org, and clicking on the Donate button at the top. I hope you enjoy today's episode. Welcome to 1514, a podcast of the Biblical Counseling Coalition. 1514 draws its name from Romans 15:14, where the Apostle Paul encourages the church that they are full of goodness, filled with all knowledge, and able to counsel one another. I'm your host and the executive director of the BCC, Dr. Curtis Solomon, and I hope you enjoy today's episode. Thank you for joining us for this episode of 1514. Today, you get to hear an interview that I did with author and counselor Lauren Whitman, who recently released a book in the 31-Day Devotional for Life series called A Painful Past, Healing and Moving Forward. She holds a Master of Arts degree in counseling from Westminster Theological Seminary and serves on staff as a counselor at the Christian Counseling and Educational Foundation. In addition to that, Lauren also works as the developmental editor for the Journal of Biblical Counseling. I really appreciated the interview that I had with Lauren, and it was going so well, and we had such a great conversation that I wasn't able to ask her everything I wanted to. Uh, I think you'll find the interview is really informative, uh, easy to follow, and really interesting. And I pray that it encourages you to check out her book, but also think about how we can grow in helping people who struggle from painful past whether that's sin that was done against them, sin that they committed, or some other regret or shameful thing in their past, and how we can help them move forward with God and His help. You can find out about Lauren and her ministry, her writing, at laurenwhitman.info, and also check out the Christian Counseling and Educational Foundation at ccef.org. I hope you enjoy today's interview. So today's guest is Lauren Whitman. Uh, Lauren, Welcome to 1514. Thank you. Thanks for having me, Curtis. Really happy to be here. Well, I'm really excited to have you on the podcast and glad to e-meet you over Zoom for the first time. Mm -hmm. Uh, Could you introduce yourself to our audience? Sure. My name is Lauren. I am a counselor at the Christian Counseling and Educational Foundation. We're located outside of Philadelphia. I've been counseling there for about 10 years now, um, and I also serve as an editor for the Journal of Biblical Counseling. I am a wife to Chad. I've been married almost 15 years to Chad, and God has blessed us with two darling little children that we um, are busy raising right now. Well, that's super exciting and a a really full plate, obviously, raising kids, being married, editing the the Journal of Biblical Counseling, thank you so much for that. That is a huge, huge resource and benefit that many of us have benefited from. So thank you for that. But today we're talking about the devotional that you wrote, A Painful Past, Healing and Moving Forward. It's one of the 31-day devotionals uh, from PNR. Really excited about that series. Um, what what led you to this project and specifically to this devotion? Yeah, I think that um, I just can see and have seen, you know, a lot of people in counseling who have had really hard things happen to them in their past. And so I've come to understand just how difficult it can be to feel like I am moving forward. Um, It can be difficult um, to wrestle with the question of, you know, can I even heal from this? Is this just too 
um, you know, overwhelming to, to really be able to move on from. And so I think that can be um, a really real experience for some people who've, who've had um, events in their past that are, are very painful. And so, you know, these are the kind of people that are on my heart um, for this devotional and just really wanting to give um, them a chance and a space uh, through working, you know, through the devotional um, to bring some of their heartache and their questions um, to the Lord um, and also receive from him. What, what does he really have to say about um, our past and how does he see us and what does he say to us that could give us hope? Um, so I try to make space in the devotional for just the kinds of things that I, I understand are, are important to really be thoughtful and intentional about when you are struggling with uh, a painful past. Yeah, well, I really appreciate the work there um, and telling us a little bit about that. When you think about a painful past, uh, that could be a lot of things for a lot of different people. What are sure. some of the types of things that you're trying to address in this devotional when you when you think about a painful past what all does that entail or maybe I'm sure you can't sure. be exhaustive but I'm sure there are categories no. yes I do I, I break it down in three categories in the book and in the introduction just um, yeah to answer that question that, that you have and so the first kind of group of folks I have in mind is people who feel a lot of regret about the past. Um, for example, you know, choices that I wish I had not made that ended up being really, you know, consequential to my life. Um, choices that I wish I had made, lost opportunities, um, unaccomplished dreams, failed relationships, missed chances. I kind of group all those types of experiences under regret. Um, and then there's a group of people who um, their past has been painful because they've been terribly sinned against by others. Mm -hmm. They've been abused or bullied or, um, you know, harmed emotionally or spiritually by another person, um, have been betrayed um, in some significant relationship. So there's that group of people who um, have been terribly sinned against. And then finally, sometimes our, our painful past um, is because of our own, you know, poor, sinful choices. Um, we've done something and it's been really hard to move on from it or to recover from the consequences um, of, of what, has, what has happened. And so that can be, you know, sexual immorality or an addiction, substance abuse, um, an adultery um, in a marriage. Um, those are the, the examples that I, I give in the book for that category of people. Yeah, that's really helpful. And it, it, it definitely broadens the audience because I think some people might read this and think, oh, this is just for trauma or PTSD or something like that. But really, uh, you're identifying the, the fact that we all have a past. And yes. the reality is living in this fallen world and being sinful people, we would all benefit from this in, in some way, shape or form. Uh, no, no doubt. Uh, one of the, one of the things I was thinking about, cause you do actually address those people, especially those people who have been extremely sinned against, uh, the sufferers in this group. Sometimes it's really hard for them to see and understand that their experience is not unique, uh, that there are others who have gone down paths that may not be identical, but may be similar to their own. How does your devotional help maybe overcome that barrier that nobody else can understand what I've been through? You can't understand what I've been through um, mm -hmm. and, and help them and also the counselor helping them overcome that obstacle. Mm -hmm. 
Yeah, well, I think the first thing that comes to mind is, um, you know, I start the book with, you know, an invitation from God, um, from, you know, the Psalms where God Mm -hmm. says, you know, pour out your heart to me. And so I think there's this invitation to someone who feels like no one can understand where, where God's inviting them saying, you know, it's almost as if he's saying, I want to understand, pour out your heart to me. Um, And so, you know, First, there's this connection that I want to help people make with the Lord in the midst of their pain where um, they really can see and believe that God really wants to hear, you know, everything that's on their heart, even if it's messy, um, that mm. the, the, this, this invitation from him stands um, and, and he is welcoming to those who come to him. Um, so that would be the, the first thought is just... Um, you know, if nobody understands, well, you have a God who really wants to understand. And would you would you go to him and would you share these things that are so um, painful with him? Um, and then for, you know, counselors, if counselors were working with someone, I would say, you know, of course, we can't live your exact experience. And and no, I can't understand um, exactly, you know, what what you've been through or what um, what this is like for you. But as the as a biblical counselor, as someone who is representing who the Lord is, you know, in this counseling relationship, I really want to know and I really want to understand. And so let's take the time for you to help me understand um, because your story matters. It matters to God. It matters to me. Um, and so let's really make time um, so that I can understand and so that you can start to experience that someone does get it. Um, even if we haven't lived through it, somebody can um, get what what this is like for you. Yeah, no, that's really interesting. Uh, and I think a good parallel, though, for one, for counselors to recognize, like we, that is the best solution, answer. You you don't fully understand. And I don't care how many, how many people you've counseled, mm-hmm. we still need to take the time to stop and listen to that person and really have them draw. But it's an interesting, I love how you did, had that invitation because it's not as though God doesn't know their story, right? Right. But there, he still does invite us to, to speak our story and to talk about it and to share it with him. Uh, why, um, this is maybe a little bit off of the questions I sent you, but why is it important or what? why is there value? Why do you think there's value? What value do you see in having somebody do that, putting words to their story and, and bringing those words before the Lord? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it, you know, it is somewhat of a mysterious question, and I've often thought about it, and I haven't landed on a, a, you know, <laughs> a precise answer, but like the the um, the analogy with counseling, why is it yep. so helpful when we just talk to someone? Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. It's the same kind of question that I've, I've been thinking about recently, because it really is so helpful. Yeah. Um, but I mean, in the case with the Lord, it, it's it's helpful because of, of who he is, and it's, it's helpful just the to put yourself in the position of talking means that you are in faith recognizing mm. someone's listening. And who yeah. is that someone? He is the God of the universe. He is my father. He is, he is my, my friend Jesus who died for me. And so um, it's just, yeah, just that position of um, I have, I have things to say and, and look who wants to listen to me. And, and how does that, um, affect me to know that this is the kind of God who I'm in relationship with. So, um, 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a little bit. I don't know. Is that a little bit intangible? No, no, that's really good. I think I think you're you're right. It is a bit, bit of an impossible question, but it's something that I think we. And if you figure it, if you really figure it out, write a book. Let us all know, because uh, it it it's something that intrigues me as well. Why is it so important and so valuable to put words to our to our struggle to our suffering? Um, yeah, and, I mean, I think that there's something too that serves us in that, yeah. where it helps us to organize. Um, you know, our thinking and to understand our experience more as we're forced to talk it out. Um, So I think that there is, you know, just a a grace that God's given us in that, you know, that we talk and that we can kind of process Mm -hmm. experiences. Um, So that might be another way. um, Yeah. No, I I think for sure that definitely does help in working with people who struggle with trauma. It is a it, it, you can actually see almost as it's a phase in the process for some people that can't even put it into words yet. And then as they can, it's a, that's an evidence and it's a, in and of itself of growth in that. Uh, it actually just reminded me, we were listening to the Chronicles of Narnia again with my boys. And there's that section that I love in the magician's nephew where they're mm-hmm. Aslan and sent them on this quest and they, they get, partway and the horses eating grass and the uh the little boy and the little girl are sitting around like why isn't there any food for us and uh somebody says well surely if we would have asked aslan he would have given us food mm. and the little boy says well isn't aslan the kind of person or character who could have known that we would have needed food and the horse turns to him and says i think so but i I get the feeling that he's the kind of man who would like to be asked or whatever, you know, that kind of, that kind of thing. I just love, love uh, C.S. Lewis's depiction of just the value of prayer and why God has that for us. Um, and right. It is, it yeah, is a great surely there's this relational aspect of like mutuality, you know, mm-hmm. and so in a sense, it, it's an invitation to mutuality is too, is like, I want you to, I want you to come to me. I want you to bring me these things because we're in a, relationship and of course we're not actually mutual with god I, I right think you know yeah I mean yeah <laughs> i wasn't gonna flag you as heretic yet but yeah, yeah no I, I i know what you're getting yeah. uh well thanks for thanks for entertaining my my rabbit trail there and off into narnia and everything but coming back to the devotional um how how might you encourage a counselor? Because we talked about how this is going to be really applicable to anybody who has a past, but particularly focus on maybe one of those three categories. But as a counselor, how might they utilize or bring in your devotional into the counseling process? Yeah, um, I would be very honored um, Yeah, if counselors were to do that. I mean, I think that one of the strengths of this devotional series is that, you know, for every day of the 31 days, there is like a reflection and an act, mm-hmm. act that, you know, we ask um, the reader to do. And so those reflection questions are just really great you know, jumping off points for a counseling conversation. And, um, you know, and then of course, like the 31 day format, I mean, you know, that's very linear and sequential and, and, you know, but sometimes it would be really helpful, you know, depending on the person, depending on what the need is, you know, to really hang out in a certain part of the devotional. And, um, and so, yeah, I would just encourage counselors to, um, knowing their counselee, like what, you know, where might you kind of hang out and go deeper? Um, you know, particularly you had mentioned, you know, people who have maybe some trauma in the past and haven't understood their stories yet. Um, and I think of the the portion of the book, um, called there's, 
so it's divided in like past, present, future. Mm-hmm. And the past mm-hmm. part has you thinking about what happens, you know, which is an invitation to tell your story, um, to think about how you've been impacted, to think about what you're carrying because of the events of the past, uh, what you're carrying with you today. Um, that could be very layered and very deep. Um, so yeah, that, that part in particular of the book stands out to me of like, it would probably be really helpful to camp out there with people. (laughs) Yeah. That's a, that's a good word to our, to our counselors that while somebody giving somebody the 31 day devotional, um, can seem very structured and it definitely can be used that way. It doesn't have to be. Doesn't right. have to be one month and you're done. It can right. it can it can be two months, three months. You know, depending. On, we've all worked with people who move a little bit slower and some who move a little right. bit faster, and we yeah. should be flexible with that as well. That's that's great. That's a good encouragement. You mentioned just there briefly the 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 structure of past, present, and future, which I absolutely love. Like as I was reading your devotional, it was. Um, I'll be honest, like, because I've thought about doing one on PTSD, but I felt like, man, you really hit a lot of the stuff that I would do, and it's just encouraging to see other people doing the same kind of things. It's like, oh, yeah, you know, if we're studying the same Bible, serving the same God, a lot of the same truths are going to, we're going to uncover those and be helpful. Uh, so I love that past, present, future structure. Why did you, why did you do that? Tell our, tell our audience what the benefit of that is. Yes, yeah. So this is so important because when you've had the kind of past that's been hard to heal from, then it can feel like the present and the future are really just defined by the past as if the past is determinative of what life is like today and what life will be like tomorrow. Um, But of course, you know, our faith and our understanding of the story of what God has done for us in Christ leads us to a different conclusion. Um, And that's not to say that the past doesn't matter. The past does matter. And that's why we spend time in it, you know, and it matters because God cares about it. Um, He cares about our past because he cares about us. And if it hurts us, um, then God cares about that. And he's invested in renewing our lives. And so we have to deal with the past so that we can experience healing and um, a greater sense of freedom. So, so that's kind of the rationale for why we, we deal with the past. You know, I want to make space as a was saying earlier, you know, for people to tell the story of what happened, to explore how they've been impacted, to think about some of the the messages that they might believe because of the story mm. that happened, yeah. um, you know, ask themselves questions of like, what lies do I believe about myself, about mm. God, about others, um, because of what happened. Um, and again, this is all really important work to do to heal from a painful past. But we don't stop there, right? Because God doesn't stop there with yeah, us. And yeah. and again, because of the reality of our faith and because of the reality of what Christ has done for for us, you know, our, we as his children, we have a transformed present tense, a transformed today. Mm-hmm. Um, God has been um, obviously very intentional to give to give us promises and blessings that are true of us now and that are true of us today. You know, we're adopted. We've been brought into his family. We're forgiven. We have the spirit. And all of these are our gifts that, that he wants to, to matter and to land and have impact today. And so the book works on thinking about some of those um, aspects of what, what are realities because of what God um, has said is true. And then I moved to the future because 
God also gives us promises for the future, you know, because we are united to Christ. Our lives are moving forward and moving toward uh, this glorious future. And there's just something so utterly and completely hopeful about that. Um, We know how our story ends because we know how Christ's story ended, right? It didn't end at the cross. He rose. He ascended. He's seated now, and that's where he'll remain, and that's where we'll be. We're going to be with him. We're going to reign with him. And it's just incredible that we have these promises, and I I really believe that we can grow in letting these promises be a comfort to us. Um, You know, the future is promised, but it's not yet in our experience, so it can sometimes feel harder to connect with. Um, But I think the realities of the future are so important to connect with, and all the more so when your past has been very hard. Yeah, no, I really appreciate how you put that present as being, we are transformed in the present, but we're also transforming. We're, it's a continued thing, and, and you're right, like God rewrites our future for us, and it's so important to to help people see that, especially people who have had painful pasts. It can feel identifying and like they're stuck there. And I even love that in the subtitle, moving forward with people. Um, Have you ever, this is again, going off on a rabbit trail a little bit there, but have you ever with encountered people who don't want to, because I think you even mentioned there, there's a healthy way that we need to keep the past, be aware of the past. And uh, the past is real. It is part of what God has used in our lives. But there are some people and maybe in an unhelpful way who want to hold on to or maintain things from the past. And they feel like moving forward means moving on and and therefore leaving maybe people behind or um, something about themselves behind in, in an unhelpful way. Am I, is that ringing any bells with you? so much with the kinds of people um yeah maybe not sorry that's okay that's okay i'm thinking about i I know a number of uh particularly veterans who've lost somebody in combat or something like that and they feel like moving on moving um and so I'm, i'm even careful like they feel like moving on means leaving that leaving that person behind and almost like letting go of the trauma the pain means that they're they're disgracing or they're forgetting their friend and maybe that, and if it's not, but I just uh, like the the terminology and the in the imagery of moving forward, and that doesn't mean that we're leaving, we're forgetting or neglecting what God has done through our past. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah. I mean, it makes sense. I mean, a couple of thoughts come to mind. Um, you know, for that type of person, which, um, yeah, the, the example was helpful to me. I'm like a learn by example kind of person. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I mean, I would say, you know, what would be like a biblical way to like capture, you know, a past experience, like your veteran friend, it would be, um, it would be a mix of like, you know, there's grief, like, yes. And we want to, to heal from that. But also there's just the reality of like, this was a significant relationship. Mm-hmm. And, um, and of course we're going to grieve this, you know, the loss of this friend and validating and affirming just what this relationship meant to the person. And, and that too is a way to deal with the past is, and again, it's just helping people kind of get that biblical perspective of like, how do I understand what happened? And in that example, it's mm-hmm. like, well, thank God that I had this person in my life and what a blessing. And I can see how God did this and that. Um, 
And yeah, so those would be maybe some of the ways I might think about that. Does that Makes sense. Yeah, no, totally. It totally yeah. makes sense. So yeah. thank you for entertaining another one of my rabbit trails. I, I just, I, I hope it's encouraging for you because it's sparked by some really good, good thinking and writing that you've done in your devotional. Uh, one of the things, and also in the conversation that we're having. So uh, before you even get to those sections, the past, present, future sections in the, in the devotional, you spend a significant uh, chunk of time, number of days, asking people to think about their understanding of God, plain and simple, just who is God? What's your understanding of him? Why is that so important? Yeah. Yeah. I was, I did that on, on purpose. Um, (laughs) before I had people look at their past, you know, that's, that's a brave and difficult thing to do in itself. So I, I really felt like it was important to be thinking first about the Lord, because one of the things we know about people with a painful past is that, you know, or one of the effects I should say is that a painful past wants to have interpretive power in people's yeah. lives. And we yeah. can think about, you know, what happened in our lives and interpret that, um, you know, this must be how God treats me or I'm, you know, because of what happened, you know, I'm interpreting God's, you know, position towards me or the way that he thinks about me or feels um, about me according to, you know, what happened in the past. And so, the first few days, they just look at some gospel stories of Jesus as a way to remind people, like, this is what Jesus is like, and this mm-hmm. is how he draws near to people who are sinful, and this is how he wants to heal people who are suffering. Um, so before, again, getting into the details of the past, which I anticipated could be painful itself, right? Yeah. Like, that's that's a normal part of the process is when we start to look at the past that um, it's going to dig up some of that pain again. So I just really wanted... Um, to take kind of a fresh look um, at God and get a clear view of like this, this is this is what He's like, um, and this is the same Jesus that's going to meet you um, in the details of your past. Yeah, no, that's really helpful, and it's it's it is so important because you mentioned it earlier that our past. Well, any any time, I think we have a tendency to allow past, present, future, whatever things to lies to come into our minds about ourselves, about mm-hmm. God and about other people. And of course the most important of those is, is our, what we believe about God. So uh, I just thought it was brilliant and really great way for you to start that devotional. Not, I think I was expecting just jumping headlong into past, but I was mm-hmm. pleasantly surprised when you uh, did that. And, and in a, I can feel in a sense, the influence of, maybe Mike Emlett or just the saint suffer sinner mentality that I'm sure you guys all talk about a lot at CCF, but um, obviously beyond that you do too. Other people do as well. Mm -hmm. What's the the significance of, or the, the importance of people understanding who they are, what their identity is as both saint suffer and sinner? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So for people who have had really hard pasts, one of the, the threats is that the past gets to call the shots about who the person is. And mm-hmm. it's as if the past and what happened or what you did or what was done to you kind of encompasses who you are. Um, and I have a lot of compassion for that because I can understand how that can happen when the events are so significant and impactful and um, and yeah, just life altering. Um, but it's also not the whole story. And it's it, and God doesn't define us by what we've done or what we've left undone or what mm-hmm. was done to us. Um, these things 
as I've said earlier, these things matter to God. Our pasts matter, and He helps us to deal with them. But but when we are God's children, we are we are in Christ, and we have Christ standing before the Father, and that's that's God doing. That's God's will for His children, and it's really good news for those who are afraid or think or assume that all they are is what the past has been. You know, for them. Yeah, that's good. At the end of the at the end, I think it might be in the conclusion, you wrote this sentence, there's no shame in finding yourself in a new season in which you need to process again what happened in the past. Uh, and I think in, in the context, in the devotional, you're kind of just letting people know, hey, just because you finished this doesn't mean this is never going to be something you need to revisit again. Right. Um, why is it helpful for readers to understand that uh, aspect of it and to keep maybe keep the devotional in their mind, but also keep the devotional ready at hand yeah. uh, for new seasons yeah. of, of that. Sure. Yeah. Cause it's because sometimes the events of the past and understanding them and seeing how you've been impacted can be like peeling layers of an onion. And that's mm. just the nature yeah. of how really hard things impact us. You know, we're not robots who are just unaffected by pain and just kind of can jump up and move on. Um, you know, there can be layers there and, and we're people we're limited. Our understanding is limited. And so at one point in time, when you're dealing with, you know, the pain, you might not see what all the layers are all at one time. Um, And so I wanted to preemptively kind of cover shame Mm. and prevent discouragement for people who have gone through the devotional and they've done really good work to heal. Um, But then at some point, maybe they find themselves reeling again because of the past. And so I'm just in that statement, I'm trying to normalize that, that that can happen. And the hard work you've already done has not been for naught. Yeah, no, that's a really helpful. It, was, it really stood out to me because it is so true because as much growth and as much good can be done through the devotional or going through a counseling season with a, with a great biblical counselor, it doesn't mean you're complete. It doesn't mean the job is finished and those things can definitely come back. And I think that analogy of the onion is a helpful, helpful one. Oh man, I, there's a number of questions I have that are probably going to have to be left on the cutting floor. But, um, uh, if, if, um, if, if there were other places you would encourage people to go outside of your devotional, cause obviously you can't write everything in a 31 day mm-hmm. devotional. Um, where would you encourage people to look other resources they could go to, to, to address issues like their past? Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, one of the themes, um, you know, that I've mentioned several times today, um, that can be common for people who are struggling to, um, you know, move forward from their past is shame. Um, and so I would point people to Ed Welch's, uh, shame interrupted. Um, and then, you know, if, if there is a more, I mean, you know, for every individual who has a painful past, there's a more specific story. And so just to, um, yeah, so I can't like exhaustively name all those resources, but you know, to to pursue to maybe resource specific, you know, topical, mm-hmm. um, you know, resources for the the particular um, kind of of uh, thing that you're kind of working through and, and seeking to heal from. Well, that's really really helpful. Uh, well, we reserved the last two minutes of our podcast. That's what we're doing here uh, for a segment mm-hmm. called Two Minute Favorites. Are you ready for this? Sure. And here we go. What is your favorite food? Pizza. Favorite gift you ever received? Uh, when my 
husband asked me to be his girlfriend. He gave me a beautiful dress that was just my style. And I was just amazed at his thoughtfulness and his good taste. And it was just a good, uh, a good sign. That is impressive. Yeah, absolutely. (laughs) Favorite gift you've ever given. Um, favorite gift I've ever given. Um, well, stay on the theme of my husband. When when we were dating, I got him this ring that had a cross on it. But I joke that I was trying to send him a message of like, rings need to be <laughs> that are given. <laughs> um, so we, we still have that ring, or he still has that ring. And, and we like to, yeah, just joke about that. <laughs> favorite, uh, favorite candy? Swedish fish. Favorite ice cream flavor? I'm a Ben and Jerry's girl, so right now I've been um, seeing exclusively the tonight dough. <laughs> but before that, it was fish food. <laughs> Favorite word? Um, I'm a word nerd, um, so I have lots of favorite words. But right now I've been um, enjoying the way the word germane sounds. Um, it's just a fun word to say. <laughs> All right. Least favorite word? Um, right now it would probably be stupid because I'm trying to disciple my children out of its use. <laughs> mm. uh, favorite book of the Bible? Uh, the Gospel of John. Uh, favorite book outside of Scripture? My name is Asher Lev by Chaim Potak. Favorite sport? I actually don't have one. I'm not really a sports person. This is an unpopular response, I'm sure, but... Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, favorite color? Turquoise. All right. Well, that wraps up our time together. Lauren, thanks so much for joining us for 1514 today. Thank you so much for having me, Curtis. It was really uh, fun. Thank you for listening to today's episode of 1514. If you'd like to find out more about the Biblical Counseling Coalition, you can visit our website at biblicalcc.org. Special thanks to our podcast engineer, James Wills, who does all the post-production editing to make this podcast sound so wonderful. Also want to thank my assistant, Carrie Felton, for helping to arrange these interviews. And a special thanks to Andrew Riddell, who composed and recorded the music we use on 1514. I hope you have a wonderful day.